When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi guys, Garodian here. Uh, Sorry I couldn't make this week's episode and I'm particularly sorry because one of my favourite people, Louise Nicrillen, also known as Selkies, is on with Derek. Um, Louise is a collaborator of mine. I know some of our listeners had asked for uh, Peg Sayers masks in my little mask store and Ask and You Shall Receive. Uh, Louise is a wonderful artist and provided wonderful Peg artwork. So do check that out. However, if you do miss me and want to hear my voice, you can hear me in this week's uh, bonus episode on Patreon that's just been released. Um, And even more fun stuff, Brian left uh, a bunch of off-air stuff that he usually cuts. So you can check that out and see some of the the behind-the-curtain work that you normally don't hear. That sounds a bit like Brian didn't do his job, but he definitely did. Um... So yeah, I really hope you enjoy the episode. Please check out our uh, Patreon bonus episode and enjoy the show. From the Headstuff Podcast Network, welcome to Motherfuck Lore, a podcast of words. Irish. Irish words. And words from Ireland. I am Tara O'Shea. And I'm Pater O'Krivonik. And you're all very welcome to this week's episode. Pater, as you know, I do some work with a wonderful organization called the Irish Arts Centre. I, I in do know New York that. City. I was aware of that, yeah. yeah yes, indeed. I do their work. you told me. Yeah, I work on their Word of the Week program, uh, which is basically we look at an Irish word each week. So there's I've done, I've done different series, and one of the great things, so maybe I've done a series on Irish names, a series of words associated with mythology. We're going to, going to be doing some more on words referring to items in nature in the future. But the great thing is that I get to collaborate with artists, artists even. <laughs> I don't know artists. what that first word was. I know what an artiste or an artist. An ar- is, artist. An artiest. An artist. It's a word famously beginning with O. It's artist. Do artists artists all take the dort? Artists take the dort to um, cl- uh, <laughs> Cloyne. No, I'm trying to think of another over there. Cloyne. <laughs> Maybe if you're getting maybe if you're getting on the dart in uh, the north side, again on the dart in Conley, you might got the Kaloini. Yes, indeed, it's Kaloini, darling. Kaloini. Oh yes. Either way. Yeah. Sorry, way, artists. It's been cool that I've been get get to work with artists. So I I pick up I take a word and to discuss its its meaning, its its context, and an artist illustrates based on this so and it's been great to work with some really interesting artists really exciting young artists from um, from ireland and some based here some some living abroad one of those artists is our today's guest louise nicolin how are you all doing sorry i climbed over you there i'm very eager that's good that's good that's that's the passion we need on the show eagerness is what we like I'm ready to turn the show into personal propaganda. Well, 
That's, yeah, would, yeah, wouldn't, be the, please. wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> Won't be the so, last. So some of you who who, who um, use social media, I, I never touch this stuff myself. Some of you who use social media might be familiar with Louise as Selkies on the Instagram and possibly even the, the Twitter. If they're unlucky, they know me from Twitter. God bless them. <laughs> <laughs> I think does yeah, anybody... Yeah, does anybody want to be known for their Twitter, uh, their Twitter character, their Twitter profile, the persona that they have on Twitter? Some people do. Some I people well, really want that. It's You've had John on before, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John has a Mr. Hyphen. John Hyphen has has a has a, a a wonderful tendency to wind up people with strong opinions on things, and it's oh. it's it's. it's well, I just think it's very funny. That's like I mean, obviously, we you know nothing is more important than accuracy when you're studying a language and the history of a language and how one word leads to another. But some people, you know. Some people will, are, are fighting that corner like like the old crusader in, in, in The Last Crusade. You know, you have chosen poorly. <laughs> it's like, hey, hey, guy, you know, galore comes from Irish. Oh, you have chosen poorly. <laughs> I think he just gets a dart and throws it at the dictionary and goes, right, yeah. what, what are we doing now? We're doing a banana in a carbonara. This word comes from Irish. Oh yes, I think one of the yeah the, his Belgian take on a coddle was just very. Oh, uh, that's a interesting. traditional traditional Dublin coddle. It started yeah, so well; it looked delicious, and then the pineapple turned up. Yeah. So you're on the right side of history. Then you agree it looks delicious. Well, he he was browning the sausage, and he was using very good quality kind of like French sausage in their saucisson. Uh, so, Louise, you've wandered into a decades-long civil war at this stage, but, I mean, Derek has very strong opinions on Coddle, and at the time of recording, has still not tasted the fucking thing. I have. No, no, you lie. You lie. You have very not. shifty now. Describe well, the taste of a Coddle. Well, I enjoyed a version of a Coddle. Oh, no. I'm all here. Oh, flag that. Yeah. Yeah. It had lentils in it. That's a, that's a dal. <laughs> you eat dal. <laughs> this is a whole new battle in the coddle wars. I yeah. didn't think it was going this direction, but mm. it, it's like I that old that old question: like, is a hot dog a sandwich? Is a dal a coddle? Like, <laughs> I'll take that actually. Now that I think well, about it, if a hot dog can be a sandwich. Uh, a dal can a be sandwich. a coddle. Yeah. Coddle. Oh, we'll get John on the case. We'll we see go. how yeah. it dal, came from yeah. Irish. Dal comes from Irish. Dal definitely comes from Irish, and obviously they 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 removed the sausage at some point in its in its travel eastwards, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that that wouldn't keep on the ships, you see. Yeah, that's it. The raw, yeah. the undercooked sausages wouldn't keep on the ships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they um, keep so well otherwise. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the old widow's memories. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, so. It's important at this stage to throw in a disclaimer. <laughs> the doll. Look, it doesn't come from it doesn't come from Irish, and not everybody who says something on the internet or on a podcast means it to be taken as gospel. I mean, Darren does obviously. More accurately, but. the evidence has not yet been supplied that. for the fact that it does come from Coddle. It's only it's a, a working theory until that point. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's important to just to say, you know, that like research, I mean, the humanities research, it, it never, it's never finished. Like our, our, our understanding of, like, say, the 1929 kind of Wall Street crash is already evolving rapidly in respect of things that have just happened in the past two or three years. 
and our understanding of the 1918 pandemic has, has changed dramatically. Like people never talked about the Roaring Twenties in the context of the pandemic before until now. It's like, yeah, okay, now I get it. Now I want to go out and be a flapper or a dandy or a fop and do all those 1920s things because yes, you need to relax after after uh, after a pandemic. You need I think to let further loose. to that point, because research is always ongoing and developing, and knowledge is this kind of amorphic liquid thing it's only a matter of time before we can claim every word mm. as irish and we will it's we just will. a matter of time we'll do it like yeah we'll do we it definitely will we will find the evidence and if not we will create the evidence <laughs> oh no i said the quiet part loud <laughs> <laughs> louise where are you based these days these days i'm in brussels in belgium oh, very nice uh, but- I know it is. So Belgium is, in many ways, a a very underrated country. Great beer, great chocolate, great uh, artistic stuff. They do lace. Good lace. Stunning lace. Stunning lace. Top quality lace. (laughs) Kerry does lace as well. I've seen Kerry lace. Mm -hmm. Is it as good as Belgian lace? I've seen it. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> That's diplomacy. But that nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean, and so as a, as an artist living in living in in Brussels, and you've you've arrived in a city with a remarkable artistic tradition. Specifically, what the word comic doesn't really get it, but they what they refer to there is bande dessinée. Yeah, they do. They kind of reject the idea of a comic, not just because it you know it's a different language, but. I think that implies it always has to be funny or even like light-hearted. Whereas mm. a lot, of, when you go into the shops over here you now, and they're specific bon dessinée shops with only comics, you'll have a couple of like Japanese things in there. You'll have like probably a small number compared to the shops at home of the American gear. But the stuff from here, the stuff from the mainland is dark. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of like uh, concentration camp comics. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people would go, oh, yeah, you know, Tintin or, you know, the what, what one were you talking about earlier? It was the Smurfs. Uh, Lucky Luke and Smurfs. But the yeah. uh, I do remember reading the um, the lad who oh, the lad who wrote Asterix, uh, René de Goscony. He's, he, he was uh, I, I was always interested in him because he died the day I was born. Oh, reincarnation. Yeah. Reincarnation, and what I found was he was uh, very, I suppose, very uh, kind of. Um, well, yeah, I guess his Jewishness is extremely important to him, and there are loads of kind of kind of um, coded messages about his own Jewishness in in Asterix, including the color of Obelix's outfit being like the um, being <laughs> being kind of the, the pale blue and white stripes, and how the, the kind of the Gauls in his comic books are actually kind of a code reference for actually them for Jewish people and how they're treated in World War Two in France wow. and in Europe at large. I never knew that. That's amazing. I, was, I, I loved. I loved. I, was, I loved Asterix. I've read, I've read all the Asterixes. Read them all when I was a kid. Can you name the only Irish character in Asterix? I can't. I'm just going to say straight up. I can't. Is it going to be something <laughs> horrendous? No, actually, to be honest, it's a bit funny because you know how they do it. Like they, um, like in the in the English. I only know the English version, obviously, but the names are all puns. Um, so, like the the druid is called Getafix, and the blacksmith is called Vital Statistics, and the fishmonger is called Unhygienics. But in 
Asterix in Britain. He goes and he visits his cousin on the May on, on the island of Britain. And um there's visiting chieftains from Caledonia and Hibernia. Oh. And the one from Hibernia, the only Irish character in the whole of uh Asterix, his name is uh, Overoptimistics. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh, that's I like good. that's the English version. Obviously, it was written in French, uh, so I don't know uh, what it was in French, but it's like oh, hmm. apostrophe for optimistics, uh, which I thought was very, very clever. That is that. It's great when you can actually, I suppose, when when something is is fit for translating, and they can they can make puns, and they can they can have their creativity because so so often things can be lost in translation. Yeah, you love when we get a shout out as well. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I love looking for Irish people in anything. Do <laughs> um, you know they made the balls of that um, deliberately so with the Harry Potters, like you know because they had to, like they they said you're not allowed you're not allowed to translate certain names. But sure, your man Voldemort, his his name has to be uh, an anagram. Yeah. Like so, like I am Lord Voldemort has to be an anagram of Tom Marvola Riddle. So like the fucker's middle name in French is Elvis, <laughs> just so that it could say "Je suis Voldemort" on the uh, uh, in the anagram. Like so, it's like his, his name was mm. Tom Elvis Riddle or something like that. <laughs> so they, um, they, yeah, but like they, 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 and then they said, yeah, you can't, uh, you can't translate the names. You have to keep the proper names. That was when, like, Harry Potter became big money. Film, yeah, film. Would, when it was well, a film, not so much the film, but more the theme park and when Universal like uh, sort of really monetized it. Yeah, they, uh, they, they started copywriting the actual the English the English language uh, words that were particular to Harry Potter. Like fucking muggle and things. Yeah, all that shit. Like uh, <laughs> and transphobia. Hmm. Um, but they... Uh, <laughs> no, that's no. they Not haven't that. copyrighted that, no. unfortunately. It's you can translate that, le transphobie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the... Um, yeah, but the thing about it is it kind of ruined it for a lot of translators because when they started work on their series of Harry Potter, like with the first one, they were able to... Oh, that's a pun on such and such, so I'm going to change it. I'm going to make it that. And it's like, no, it has to be... The, the entirety, the integrity of the uh, entire series depends on this character being called Dolores Umbridge. Yeah. So you can't call her whatever the French word or the Portuguese word for Umbridge is. It's, like, it's oh, also it's not like Voldemort himself. It's like it, when that's a, when that's used in English, it's like, ooh, this kind of foreign word that implies death or something scary. But mm. in French, it's just literally escape from death. And they're like, oh, I wonder what this character's motivation is going to be. <laughs> what, you mean he didn't die? I'm shocked. I'm <laughs> he was kind of into not, you know, not that there was any hint of that beforehand. Can, can we go back to these? What are they, what are they called again? Bon dessinée? Bon dessinée. Yeah, bon dessinée. What does that mean? Like well-designed or something like that? Bond as in just a, a like a strip, just a, a oh, band yeah. of frames lined up together. Oh, it's drawn. That's really good. So is it like, um, is it kind of like, they're not comics, ma'am. They're, they're graphic novels. <laughs> Basically, well, there's a, there's a real, it's kind of the same thing over here as well. Like there's full books here. Uh, on, sorry, non-visual media. There's a whole bookshelf <laughs> beside me. Uh, it's a beautiful a bookshelf. It's a beautiful yeah. bookshelf. Yeah, unfortunately, our, our listeners can't see it. It must be my low quality camera because this is a Billy bookcase. <laughs> It's like you're uh, set up for anybody who's, who's uh, obviously everybody except me and Derek, but for anybody who's not <laughs> able to see Louise, she's set up like a BBC interview as if she's got someone to impress. You know, like yeah. Bookcase in the background. Have I like, not? 
Yeah, half, half expecting kind of two children to be kind of walk, bur- bursting into the interview and someone to pull them out off screen. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to get the cat to get in her walking frame and bounce over with little glasses on, but she's having none of it. So these, um, the, so the, the, so the, the Bon Destiné tradition in, in France and Belgium is, it, it's, it's something that, that, that didn't, that didn't quite happen the same way in Ireland or England, even though there, there is an, largely a Scottish tradition of comics in, in like the Beano and all, they're mostly Scottish, am I right, Brother? I, I don't know, they're definitely, um, from yonder, from across mm-hmm. the water. There were yeah, Scottish from, characters in it, like, um, Bum Bum, what was it? Bass Street is... The Bastry kids and Dennis the Menace, these are all very deliberately Scottish, aren't they? I don't think Dennis the Menace is. Dennis is, uh, Dennis is English, I think. Yeah. Oh, is his neighbour not Scottish? All I know is that they had to change Dennis the Menace significantly in recent years, because like, Dennis the Menace's shtick was picking on Walter the Softy, mm-hmm. um, which is essentially, and Walter is a sensitive boy who likes flowers and perfume. Um, and like now they're trying to reflect a modern audience. Um, so now Dennis really doesn't have a natural antagonist because you know Dennis the Menace was a homophobic bully um, but we were supposed to empathise with him for some reason he's kind of like the classic anti-hero uh, but now I don't they've know re- just now he's they've just... reinvented Walter the Softy as a, as a big evil Tory I think he's called Jacob oh, is that now what he is? yeah but sure how is, like, <laughs> how is it going to be an anti-hero if he's taking on Tories <laughs> oh but that was the, a Jacob um, Rees-Mogg joke sorry I got that boom, boom. got that way too it's, late it's funny that the patron. I thought that's very clever, like because the like, patron Jake saint of Glasgow is Saint Mungo, and he's also the patron saint of bullied school children. And I think, what is it about Scotland? You, <laughs> the bullying and, and and your city are just intimately linked in your pay, in is your saint. The patron saint of bullied children or the patron saint of bullying children? Bullied, bullied children. Saint well, Mungo a, is bullied uh, by other a, children. That's a departure for the church. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to roll with that one. Anyway, slight tangent. What you, like, just, oh, yes, I one. need to read about. I need to read about Saint Mungo. So yeah, but, but, yeah. The big thing is, and that whereas, and this is, comes into that Belgium has a long tradition of, I guess, of addressing multiple linguistic communities in in everything it does and everything it publishes and everything it writes. It, uh, it's it's right in there, and possibly if someone is learning Dutch or French for the first time, they have a huge resource of visually. Um, appealing uh first things to read that's it and there's also uh there's just greater access as well over here because something a bit similar to at home everyone does the other national language in school now the the flemish have a much greater reputation for actually learning french than the french speakers do for learning dutch Mm -hmm. but i'm not touching that with a six foot pole. <laughs> I'm you not mean, allowed to say that. In a two meter pole. <laughs> oh god. I'm getting I'm getting bullied for, for the wrong metric systems as well. Oh god, they they do love a bit of metric system over there. I mean like I, I'm, I think metric systems is great for you know, for, for you know kilometers and driving distances. But if someone says, "Oh, he was two meters tall," and he, and he weighed it's a bit, absolutely nothing, absolutely, yeah. and he weighed three hundred kilos, and he attacked me. I, I have no idea what this guy looks like. I don't. That know could have been a toddler, do you know. Yeah. So, so sorry. What, what, yeah, we were at the literary tradition of uh, comic books. Still, were we? No, no, we were on to language learning. Yeah, sorry. Language, language learning, learning. Yes. So, and, but it is a case of people have, at the very least, a smattering of the other languages and now a huge amount of people here would have English as well, mm-hmm. particularly people, you know, kind of my age, which is 
very handy for me, I have to say, given that I have a, I've heard horrendous Dublin accent in French, which is nice. <laughs> so it's, I remember you know, meeting a Belgian and, and, and on holidays and just, and, and, and I asked him, you know, like how he was talking about his teenage daughter. And I said, but can you just tell me like how many languages your daughter speaks? He said, oh, it's five. Like just, you know. Yeah. And this is just, you know, this, this is just normal. And, the, and I said, is she, you know, it's an especially bright girl? He goes, no. <laughs> Proud <laughs> see, of it as well. See, no, no, a bit quick to do. say that. <laughs> no, she's a, are you say, uh, thick as two shot blank. <laughs> uh, it, it does. It, look, it goes to show multilingualism is not weird. It is no, the norm it's... in most countries. It's just that we happen to live in an Anglosphere world where we have these strange beliefs that if you learn an additional language, you might lose the ability to boil an egg or drive a car or something. That there's only yeah. our tiny little potato brains can only handle so many distinct subjects. And they're also less we... precious about like fluency as well, which is nice to be around because oh, you can throw in because because everyone has like a certain degree of mutual understanding. You can throw in, like my my fella's mother, for example, they're all Dutch speakers, but she will say Fräseke for strawberry, which is not the Dutch word. No one bleeding uses that word, mm-hmm. but everyone knows what she's talking about rather than her say the Dutch word, which I think is Aardbeeren. Perfect accent there, by the way. Well. Aardbeeren. <laughs> well, it's, it's the same in um, German, Aardbeeren. Um, it means... Oh. If I'm not mistaken, it means berry of the earth. Oh, I love oh, that. Like so. an aardvark, except with a berry instead of a vark. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, why not? Obviously inferior. Aardvark meaning what? <laughs> Dar. Pardon? What's vark? Vark is a pig, yeah. Okay, yeah, so it's like a ground pig. Okay, that makes sense. That's Afrikaans though, isn't it? That's not Dutch. I think, yeah, it's it's Afrikaans, Dutch, isn't some, a, 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 a Dutchman. A Dutchman saw saw the lad, the little art rock running around. Says, uh, hey, "Look at your man! Look at your man! Look at his belly!" <laughs> he turned to his mate and went, "That's you." Just that, as an aside, I'm a <laughs> that's you. That is. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of um, naming conventions for animals that you see if you try and relate them back to an animal that you already know. Mm. Which is why, like, there are alternative names for almost every animal in Irish that involve, like, it being either some form of dog or cat or horse. Mm-hmm. Like, the Irish for hippo is uh, Dovarach. Dovarach. Yeah, oh. no, Dovarach, it's a water horse. Perfect. Uh, the Irish for otter is Dovarchu, which is a water dog. And uh, I think, I, I don't know, is there a Dovarchat? It might be catfish, who knows? But, I mean, um, <laughs> there probably is. A pine marten is a cot crown. Tree mm-hmm. cat. Perfect. Perfect. So I like that. Ground pig. Well, more could you want? Because everything really is. If it's not a type of dog, a type of cat, type of horse. Mm-hmm. Was it? A coddle. Coddle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's either a type of horse, a type of dog, a type of cat, or you can boil it. And, and, and that's, mm-hmm. that's how it is. My tiny little potato brain can't take a, on a por- any more a terminology. Is, a porpoise is a sea pig, isn't it? Muk, yeah. uh, Mukmara, mm-hmm. yeah. Mukmara, classic. They're gas lads when you're out in a boat and they're popping up and saying, oh, how's it going? But yeah, porpoises are mad altogether. They seem like dolphins that aren't up themselves, you know? <laughs> they're kind of like, the, it's an, if, if dolphins were like, um, if, dolphins were, if dolphins were doves, porpoises would be seagulls. Or would they be gicknas? Gicknas? Like, yeah, like, you know, a gicknas is like an unashamed 
street pigeon. <gasps> wrong number oh. of legs, wrong number of wings, extra eyeballs hanging out the front. That's I don't think I've ever seen one of those boys. Oh, you have. You have. They're the ones that walk like dubs. <laughs> <laughs> dubs famously just leave their kids on uh, Parnell Square That's and it, have yeah. them copy the, the birds. Copy the pigeons. I've okay, never seen a baby pigeon, but uh, I have seen baby dubs walking <laughs> like pigeons. It's much the same thing. <laughs> Baldy, funny looking. <laughs> Make weird noises. Squawking, yeah, yeah. that's it. Squawking six everywhere. in a row. <laughs> Scabby little knees. Yeah. <laughs> they rob your tips. Oh, they are the worst. I right. miss home when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I was once, uh, there was a sunny day and I was wearing a brand new uh, shirt. And I was eating an ice cream and I was just talking to Aaron and a seagull shot on me, got some on my new shirt some on my ice cream and some in my mouth. And I'm no. fairly sure I heard it say, fuck you. <laughs> As I flew off. Oh, that was, and it was, the worst tragedy about that, Louise, was he had to throw away nearly half his ice cream. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's a real Calvin Man joke, isn't yeah. it? Free toppings. That's... This is how it's always been. Double Love is a podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. Join me, Anna Carey. And me, Karen Moynihan. As we revisit one of the maddest series of books ever written or ghostwritten. If you ever read about the perfect blonde Wakefield twins, Elizabeth and Jessica, with their eyes the colour of the Pacific Ocean, then you might enjoy listening to us absolutely tearing them to shreds. Affectionately, of course. But of course. And even if you didn't, there's still plenty of drama, kidnappings, stolen boyfriends and seemingly mandatory school dances to entertain you. Find us on the Headstuff Podcast Network and wherever you get your podcasts. Louise, uh, in addition to the, your, you, you want to talk, talk a little bit about your work when we, when we were collaborating with the Irish Heart Centre, we were talking about words from mythology. Oh, we should stay on topic, you're right. Yes, <laughs> remember, remember topic. <laughs> Oh, do you know how we're not just Skype and we're not doing book club at the moment? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we did. We had a lovely time. I had a lovely time. I don't know about you, actually. I thought it was fantastic. It was really nice. And the so the Irish Art Centre in New York, lovely crowd. They kind of, the what the girls were saying to me was this is like a back to your roots, new interpretations of old stories and kind of new visualisations of of notions that have always been around like uh i think with amy louise did the banshee or, the, or the and she did she amy, amy louise did uh the bononach the, the ghosts that the, the ghosts that haunt battlefields that kind of like an irish valkyrie her stuff was gorgeous i have to say mm. uh her stuff in general is a bononach a valkyrie or is it more of a revenant it's it's somewhere in between it it's it's mm. similar but different as in there there's Bonnock and Bokenock and they both kind of haunt and they both fill, fill the skies before a battlefield and Gintly Guinea. that's class and you get to um, project whatever kind of motives on it that you want so there's some people who are like oh they're here to oversee or they're here to harvest or they're here to just enjoy a bit of chaos 
the gang in Queens, <gasps> I asked the them, um, the Irish department doing who run the Dictionary of Irish Language account, and I said, just just so I don't stick my neck out and get knocked off. Um, Bon and Knock and that they're not good and evil. Like first, it's not like one's white because it's good and one's goatee because it's bits of the devil. No, they're both bad. They're both bad. <laughs> don't be telling people ones. Don't be. <laughs> so I said, fair enough. I'm, I won't do a Johnny hyphen on it. I'll, I will be as close to the facts as I can. He'll be delighted now to hear that. Do a John hyphen, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Intentionally uh, to, troll to, academics and purists to, to not invent your own uh, mythology when Irish mythology. Irish mythology is dark, mm. though. I mean, oh, it's wild. every the, supernatural being, every single supernatural being that exists in the Irish sort of corpus is like it's out to get you. Mm-hmm. Like the the very nicest of them are just the ones that you can't take your eye off for a second because they're actually yeah. out to get you. Have you seen that little book? Uh, it's called The Field Guide to Irish Fairies. And it's packaged as this lovely little, you know, it's like a a, a reference book for, for little kids. And you open it and it's like this little man comes in your house and tries to kill you and he, you have to carve a cross into your butter. Don't take your eye off the baby because it's trying to eat it. Or replace it with a piece of wood. Replace, yeah. The chifre scares the shit out of me. The idea well, of the chifre, like the changeling. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. And it's such a beautiful name. Like, I know I know some lovely, lovely people called Shifra, and they're absolutely lovely. Uh, but the idea of an actual Shifra, that they, they, they'll come in and they'll change your baby with a baby that's much more intelligent and talented. It's like, I, that's I, horrifying. I, but I think I get this now. It's because when you have a, a, a child, and this was for white people when they have a child and the child is born with blue eyes, and then one day the kid has brown eyes. And I was like, what, what the fuck happened? I think now from having a kid and seeing how kids can, can change very quickly and particularly if you were um, if you were away uh, off you know fighting the tans or something you came back I mean in those two or three weeks your child could have grown dramatically their hair changed colour their eyes changed colour and it's it's a thing we have a, like a, a little kind of a toe-headed brat with kind of blonde hair and blue eyes. And then, yeah, a few weeks later, they go to like, um, they have kind of chestnut brown hair and brown eyes. I mean, yeah, it's it happens very quickly. And if you're not there every day and the whole idea of dads being there every day is fairly recent and still not compulsory, apparently. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's very loaded. <laughs> Jealous of all those dads who are not there every day. Are I'm you? not jealous. I, I, they're, they're jealous of me if they knew what they're missing. Having, having children is fantastic. If you want to. If you don't, not don't. <laughs> but anyway, um, one of the words that you illustrated, uh, Louise, was uh, related to the story of Melkorka. A story which is not very well known in Ireland, but is a massive part of, uh, is an Irish character in Icelandic mythology. Again, love it when we get a shout out. Love that. But it's funny, you would like, it's such a good story that you would think along with, you know, the, uh, along with the children earlier that that would just be everywhere, particularly when we're so founded on this idea of, you know, we pack off so many of our of our own and they do so well abroad and they come back and we like to brag about them. It's You would think that would knit in perfectly with like our natural, our national psyche, but we don't, mm. we don't really have it. I hadn't heard it until, until I was illustrating it. That's the thing, and I, I was, I, it came up in my in my research before, and I was like, well, how come more people don't know this? Because anytime apparently, uh, when people Irish would do go to Iceland, they're always asked about this. The same way when Irish would go to Germany, they're asked about the Kelly family. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I going to pee pee my bed tonight. I am, um, 
I went into I was in what? the shop and I, I do, it's, look it's an old man thing we just let him do it and he <laughs> eventually winds down but I think it's best to just pass on to the next sentence just so. don't make mm. eye contact just don't make eye contact look it's, the the, okay the Kelly, that's, family, that's. the Kelly family were a band that did really really well in uh, Europe and did not do very well in Ireland were they like the Nolan sisters? kinda but different <laughs> oh yeah we'll discuss it another time but anyway the important thing is yes Patter, you were saying oh yeah i went into a shop in munich once and the uh, guy overheard all of our accents and he was like uh oh uh, is in the uh britannian it's like nine 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 irish 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 he goes oh Ireland, uh rory gallagher yes I was like, nice, oh classic nice that's one. a good, good reference man. yeah finally a on. good one because i was in I was in Argentina many, many years ago, and a guy was saying, oh, like, um, I was talking to a fellow there, we were renting some bikes, and he goes, oh, Ireland, uh, you know, Dilla Rassarir Dan? I said, I beg your pardon? He goes, Dilla Rassarir Dan. Oh! He goes, Fantastic. He says, for me, she is a shooting star in the sky. Oh, uh, that's gorgeous. Aww. I love that. That's Andy's lovely. very right. Mm-hmm. Very right. Absolutely. Dilla Rassarir mo- Dan is one of my favourites. So uh, even the name is musical. I hope that's how we pronounce it now from now. Dilla Rassari Dan. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, I think there's a lot to be said for it. Um, so what, what was the story? It was the Melkorka. That's the the one from the the Icelandic sagas. Yes, she was an Irish princess who was kidnapped by some mean Icelanders, and she just decided she was never going to speak to them. Ah, and so then, she didn't speak at all. But she spoke Irish to her son. <gasps> she has son over in there in secret as well. Which in is secret. And then she spoke Irish to her son, and he was speaking um, of Icelandic with his mean dad. But then when he went off as a tradesman, and that, a bunch of Irish, um, they they got in a battle with a bunch of Irish soldiers, and he he was able to speak Irish to them and negotiate a peace treaty and a trade deal. And then he found out he was introduced to his Irish grandfather, and he got was given the the ring to show that he was inheriting the kingdom. Ah, like we have to class. call up this for the for the Gaelic crowd. Do you know what I mean? You're, if your your community isn't getting a Gael skull, but here you go. Mm. Can you be as vindictive as as an, as as a Scandinavian warrior queen? Something to aim for. Just don't speak to anyone except your kids. That's the, that's famously really healthy. Yeah, very much. The Lannamabrock, I think, is that that's their yeah, the legend's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah. But so, the I, I remember that was. Um, I know there was um, when my mom was growing up in Cork. There were some families on the road where the the dad would only speak Irish and the mother would only speak English to their children. The children had this, you know, had an odd experience. That's kind of what I had um, to a certain or up to a certain age. My dad really spoke Irish with us, uh, and specifically would do it like in Duns because he knew it would piss people off, which it oh, did. Yeah. Like we got me and my sister got awful flack once of uh, somebody came up to us in the bread aisle no less, wanting to know what, why we were talking about other people, why we were, I'd, like, total projection, and we were kids. I'd say she was probably just about walking as well. Man. I she like, oh, yeah, she toddled up to you and said, yeah. why, why are you talking about me behind me back? How dare um, you and the because small you- you're talking Irish. They assumed that, like, I mean, I mean, yeah, you're, you're just children. It's one thing when, you know, when he, the whole, I suppose, the... I, I, it's often presented as a kind of an endearing thing, the idea of people speaking Irish when they're checking out, uh, whoever checking out people they fancy when they're teenagers on a holiday or something. Well, there but was that uh, ad. Do you remember? There's Fantastic been, ad. 
oh the ad the dad when the um when they're talking irish the two young ones are talking irish and then the guy also speaks irish oh i think about that constantly i can still hear the exact cadence in my head of your one going what no, yes <laughs> oh. but that, like it's so it, it, I, projection like as you said it's just it's it's unbelievable like this it all sort of speaks to this idea that irish couldn't possibly be communication it can be anything else it can be decoration it can be performance performance it can be cryptography it can be like the 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 whole works but couldn't possibly just be communication could it like it's ah pisses me right off why are you talking about me behind my back because you're a little fucking gigna (laughs) get out hey hey we won't go against gignas now they're a noble breed (laughs) noble breed of flying rat they don't deserve that Another word which you illustrated as part of the series we did was Riestrad. Yes! Yes! A cracking word. A cracking word, to be fair. And I I get we have to bring it back. It's another thing. I have to keep it in the wallet to just whip it out. Do you know when you have a really bad sneezing fit? Mm -hmm. Or when you get just like a little bit of spit goes the wrong way and you really have to cough it up. It's it's funny because when you see how some people... um, like this was sometimes you see reestrata. I loved I loved the way you interpreted it because you got right down to the root of the Kukon's name meaning and the, the, those two things. And then sometimes in some of the texts you see, oh yeah, he, he like turned into a big flat kind of four legged monster with a tube of blood squirting out of his head and you know fire shooting out of some hole. And it's like yeah, let's let's find something we can all work with. You know? <laughs> do you know what it is? It reminded me of the do you know like these medieval depictions of angels as described in the Bible, which is just a big mess of eyeballs and a tail mm. attached on Nobody fire wants that. in the sky. That's it. Few wings. Angels are horrifying. Mm-hmm. The way they're described, like in in the Christian mythology, it, it's absolutely horrifying. Like, imagine a wheel but made out of eyes and on fire all the time, and it sings. And sometimes like, legs for no. Yeah. But flying. Can we just? But like, imagine you're you're like you're you're a painter. <laughs> Raphael Sanzio sitting there going like. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a handsome white guy with some fucking wings. Because that's just, I know how to draw that. Yeah, he's looking at his notes going, geez, I have to find a reference now for, or I can call my boyfriend in from the front room, have him put on a little she, and everyone's happy. (laughs) Everyone knows Mick is handsome. They all want to see me paint him. I think the worst job in Renaissance art was the guy who had to paint like paint kind of uh, white robes over nudie bits because the church was there saying more robe more robe (laughs) didn't they have to um, put on temporary uh, like bits of not quite stone but obviously like drape stuff over all the mickeys on the statues and things like that little plaster fig leaves plaster fig leaves that was it yeah they didn't have song. God forbid, yeah, because who knows what was going to happen there. But it's a, it was a, it was a hell of a thing. It was a, they were um, patrons of the arts, Powder, patrons of the arts. Yeah. In addition, Louise, to your work with the Irish Art Centre and your work with Block, which we're going to, we, we, we will come back to. I do want to have to get onto something very important. You collaborate with our, one of our regular motherfucker co-hosts, our our dear friend Garajine McAvoy. Yes. You have worked on her mask project, Pullen. And I'm also, um, I'm chairperson of the Garrodine fan club. I just want to, just want to confirm that. She's unreal. She certainly uh, is. But yeah, we've, we've now bonded over being massive peg apologists. 
And uh, so I've not stuff she's out to apologize for, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, this, uh, is, this is the thing because you were one of, of course, last year's um, glops, glamorous ladies of Peg. <laughs> <laughs> that we, you said you weren't going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure oh. Brian will cut it out. We're making glop a thing. We're making glop a thing. Basically, not, like I'm last not year. I'm going to be able to cut it out if I put it in every sentence. <laughs> can, we, can we put it to the Cardi B version? No, never mind. Moving on. <laughs> oh, oh yeah 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 you're thinking like glop that's that's completely different yeah, so last last year on our peg episode we ended with a montage of of irish women talking about what peg meant to them including yourself and it was a huge success and thank you very much for contributing to that yeah, was class. It, thank yeah. you for including just me class. enjoying being a horrible horrible contrarian and just liking upsetting people <laughs> but do you want the nice things? That's the entire reason we speak Irish. Oh yeah, just to upset people and in to uh, in, yeah, in duns in the bread aisle. Is is he? It's it's all because yeah, it's, it's all because a certain radio station you know is where you know exists, and we just want to give them content. Personally, I do it for the grant Banking. that I get directly into my bank account every week. I don't know how much you use are on, but I actually get extra for being out foreign. Uh, and speaking no. the, the made-up language that Dad gave us. So unfortunately, I am. Um, I drew the other side of the coin. I'm a uh, impoverished, bog-trotting, potato-munching Irish speaker. So ah, you know the flip side of Schrodinger's Gaelgor. So you don't get to, to get the Arts Council grant then. If no, you make up a few L little songs or something, they'll give you some. Well, so they tell me on Twitter. Yeah, apparently so. Yeah. But sure, as you as you say, like we don't even speak a real language. It was all put together by Dev in the uh, 1930s. Mm-hmm. It's all an excuse. I'm the guy who had the stop sign taken down at that dangerous road because it wasn't didn't say stod in the equal sign size. Madness. See, stop, stop and stop. They're just. It's not the same thing. Do you know? Mm. We're nothing if not pedants. But that's <laughs> and yes. Yeah, so, so anyway, your love of peg and contrariness led to the peg themed mask range. Yes. So I I drew up fun happy smiling peg and uh there's a company a crowd called Spoonflower, that uh we were able to send off to they printed up the material sent it back to garrodine and she ran up these gorgeous masks they're pink they're real kind of mean girls vibe which i feel like people are gonna hate <laughs> <laughs> i loved them i just uh i missed that i took a digital detox and by the time i got back online like i only took a few hours off when I got back <laughs> online, uh, the shagging things were sold out. Uh, uh, but if there is another off. one, uh, I know. That, that's what you were saying to me earlier, like the secret is never to log off. Mm. There's another <laughs> drop on Saturday, I think, and there's more Dolly Parton ones. <gasps> well, that's oh, yeah. good because this episode's dropping on Friday. So if you're listening now, do check in the link in our show notes where you can check out, uh, get, get yourself a Dolly or a Peg mask because, you know, that shit is good. It's the good so- stuff. You too and can be a And it's not the only peg merch. Oh. Well, no, I do have one little print in my print shop, but it's not it's not as cool as the masks, I have to say. Get the masks have just little pipes the, on them. Listen, right. the pandemic won't last forever, so get yourself a peg print while you're at it. <laughs> just to be on the safe side. Absolutely. Her wise and reassuring stern face will remind you not to do that thing you're about to do. Don't be starting fights on social media. That's what that's what's in her eyes. Absolutely, it it it, it never it's it's never you never get it's never the slam dunk situation you think it's going to be. Not once, not even <laughs> once, is it that? 
you never get this. Yeah, you, you think it's going to be this Jackie Chan, eight, eight, eight losers knocked out on the floor, and you're standing there flexing your muscles, kissing the old biceps, tickets to the gun show. Never. You're just left with a bowl of coddle with pineapple in it. Yeah. They just they do a reverse image search on your your picture and find your LinkedIn, find out where you work, and send screen grabs to your boss. Yeah. Your mom got a horrible postcard. Yeah. They're just awful. Just the people on the internet. Except for you who are listening to this right now. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> the only exemption. Definitely. The only exemption is you, the listener. Before we wrap up, Louise, we'd love to ask all our guests what their favourite Irish word is. Oh, I'm not prepared. Oh. While you I think lo- about that, while you think about that, do you want to tell us a bit about your work with Block? Oh, sorry. Yes. Hmm. So Block came to me a little while ago talking about kind of moving towards this new platform for young hip happening people like myself. Hmm. <laughs> the people who start fights on Twitter, maybe about coddle, maybe about actual fun, nice things. Um, and a lot of it is just about the fact that we do deserve and need and want silly content as well. They they work a lot with creators. There's people doing like uh, reviews of video games and stuff. And it's it's just to put stuff out there that you can engage with online. Um, the, the same kind of silly memes you would be liking from any other page as well, which I think is really fun. And you miss, I think, when you want to be... When you want uh, a sale of Skylge, you do miss the silly things as well. We have yeah. all the serious books and we have you know, lovely music and stuff, but sometimes you just want a bit of shit posting as well. So they're great for that. Uh, they're brilliant. I um, I love Bluck because the content is accessible to learners, but it's not for learners. It's mm-hmm. it's general content. Like like you say, it's shit posting, it's memes, it's bants. There's, there's an awful lot of fun happening. There's so many hilarious stuff hilarious hilarious stuff on block um some awful puns which is what i live for yeah michael fry is doing some stuff as well that like i've post notifications set on for it and when i know it's him i'm like oh drop everything yeah <laughs> he was on blyra on um on your new Vergelon show on rng um, oh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago and he's class it was deadly he's so good hmm. uh, he's hilarious he's a great guy yeah michael fry is doing some great work it's not even his real name, but we know oh. him all the same. I think, yeah, the, the, the Michael thing, he's, he's, he's worked at it, you know, the, the, the Michael surname business, it's, uh, he knows exactly what he's doing. So. You should have done that. Welcome to Mother Folklore with me, Derek Mother Folklore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I probably, maybe I should have, but I, I gave away my, my real name too early um, within a couple of, you know, within a couple, within a, a bit, three months of setting up the Irish for, um, I, there was a, there was an article on the Daily Edge about me. So there was a, um, a that was probably the time when I should have said, pick, picked a fake name, but picked I did not. Name then. Oh, well, a nom de plume. I know. Should look mm. But the humans of Shop Street is your outlet for that. It's, yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll never get over the fact that, you know, I mean, like I, of all the actual um, commotion, I guess I've been involved in on the internet, the actual, the most hatred for the actual account, not based on a reaction to kind of a, a quarrel. Some people really hated Humans of Shop Street. Some Galway people took it very personally. That's Galway and for you, man. That's Galway for you. I mean, like... He's not even from here, like... Uh, he nearly threw his unicycle at me, like... <laughs> <laughs> Juggling very aggressively in my direction. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> like... 
you can you can tell the difference between where blue ghosts and van van like hemp sativa and like you know, you don't want to mess with those guys yeah they keep all their angst in the puddles in the bottom of their brown boot cut cords that's a lot of angst you know you don't want to go up against that hmm. there's a no I, there was a human shop street character and um we'll call him um, uh, Sean Patney Quigley and um, I think the, his, he, he had a magic carpet in his flat that only worked when it was clean so mm. it had never flown anywhere <laughs> and and I, the, the responses he got to that was who the fuck do you think you are Cork, Cork students are much dirtier than us and like, <laughs> I love how it's all a scale like it's all yeah. a scale like how dare you and it's you can't you can't comment about one thing on the internet without commenting about all the things like mm. oh it's funny that you're saying nothing about Cork isn't it huh, huh? that's the beautiful Typical. thing about being from Dublin is that everyone hates us which I find just so energising you know it's really <laughs> lovely to know that number one, we will make it to the All Ireland final, mm-hmm. and number two, everyone will be on the side of whoever we're up against with yeah. this reestered fury. Passion. <laughs> like, if, yeah, if Dublin was up against or, or like, or, or, you know, there, there's some other counties there that people don't like, and if they were up against us, we'd they'd still say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna turn a blind eye to that hated county. Just you know, this once, Roscommon yeah, is sure. fine. It's yeah, just yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> you went there. <laughs> no, I like Roscommon. It's it's some beautiful countryside, French Park. Oh, it's not the countryside that I have an issue with. Beautiful landscape. Roscommon has other issues. <laughs> I'm just trying to make enemies. <laughs> Louise, um, what would be Louise? Louise gets up extra if, early in the morning so that she can make had, more enemies, like, so I can choose violence a couple of times throughout the day. <laughs> What would be your favorite that favorite Irish word if you thought of one now? I'm gonna cheat a bit and I'm gonna choose a phrase that I have robbed off a girl I used to work with. Her name is Orla. She's a very nice girl, but when she was a bit, you know, surprised or when she was shocked, it was, "Oh, we're on a gunyel," which I think is fantastic. Not just Holy Mary, Mother of God, but Mary of Candles. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Gorgeous. That's fantastic. I have never heard that. That's brilliant. That's right Burn up there with that. Um, so, like, I love those expressions of surprise, like uh, a ye in the rost, and uh, you so know, good. Like, yeah. My uh, my granny has a very dramatic friend who had great ones in English, and I think my favourite is "Oh Lazarus alive." <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's the, the choice of characters from the Bible, spot on. Yeah. Um, yeah, my aunt's my aunt's favorite is uh, Judas tonight, Ooh. which I have never understood, but I really appreciate. She's definitely done her own little remix there. I like that. Judas tonight. I heard this out loud, and he used to say, "I swear by the risen Christ," and not just not swear by oh, Christ. I swear by the risen Christ. That's and, impactful. impactful. And I actually, I, I found myself using it without realizing how strange it was to other people, and I, I just liked it because I thought it was strange. I swear by the risen Christ. That's like turbocharged Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like that's really going for. <laughs> Because when we, when he's after after getting out of the cave, he was you know like you know he he was taken prisoners. No, no, no one was expecting him. Yeah, he's Chuck Norrison taking names exactly. Chuck Norris mode. I'm glad we could get this extra bit of blasphemy in this week. I just, it always it's a nice note to end things on. I think so. It's it's a nice note to end. You know, like just you know look at look at the it's a grey sky ahead. Could be a lightning bolt up there with from with my name on it. Did we get rid of blasphemy a few years ago? I think we did. Did we pass that referendum? Didn't we? I hope so. We did. But here's the thing, and and we'll probably end on this note. 
that referendum got 35% of the voters who bothered to turn up without any campaigning. And most, a lot of political parties in Ireland would fucking bite the arm off you for 35% of voters who turned up. Wait, what? Like so 35% of people voted in favour of keeping the blasphemy laws? Yeah. I oh, yeah, but it was very low turnout, wasn't it? Low, look, low turnout doesn't matter. The people who don't bother to turn up, they're effectively saying, yeah, we accept the outcome. And fact is, general elections have low turnouts all the time, but, but people... 43.8% turnout, yeah. But, it's like, it is what it is, man. It's I mean, more this than like, I would have thought for something people don't like, really care about. Because it was, that was a, like, I mean, yeah, it was the same day as the as the presidential re-election, which I think is, was, um, was a, yeah, it wasn't a great election, but I think the fact is, if you can, you have a 10% turnout, the result still stands. Yeah, but like the thing is, right, I wouldn't look too much into people voting to keep blasphemy laws. At the end of the day, sometimes you just want to give the sitting government a kicking so you vote no in whatever bullshit referendum is in front of you. It's why we uh, we didn't get baby president. Remember baby president? They wanted to lower the uh, the presidential age from 35 but I think, to 21. Yeah, but I think the reason there, I think most people realise that, yes, a young person could do the job, that they, they didn't want a baby ex-president. They didn't uh, want a 29-year-old former president going to gap here in Australia, getting in a fight in a bar. Yeah. That yeah. Is, yeah, I really wouldn't that, want that. I'd, like, I, you'd have to sign up to just go into a tank or something like that Like when you're finished. Okay, mm-hmm. sure, you can be president at the age of 21, no problem. Whatever YouTuber decides to win in a landslide. But you have to go into this vat when you're finished. And we're just right. going to keep you, you in there until you're a respectable yeah, you, age. You don't want someone having you. a long post-presidential career, really. No, no. Ideally, short as possible. Like, you know. <laughs> no, but sort of like, that's what the Rose of Chile is for. That's what you can do young. And then you'll wait to yeah. be president. Well... Who knows? We, we may have our first president stroke rose ever, hybrid ever in a couple of years. No, 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 no. Hi, I, no. I remember um, no. the t- Tamaguchis. No. Oh, God. Do you remember things? Remember things? You Do you remember, remember Discman's? Do you remember the dream of one day owning a house? I don't. <laughs> no. Well, here at the end there with our blasphemy, we fell into the pit then of... Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, why geez. doesn't Irish have secular words for things? Uh, I think I, by following blasphemy, by with a with a terrifying prediction of the future, I think <laughs> I may have. A, yeah, we're going to do them. So, anyway, Louise, Louise, where can people find out your find out more your work? Where can people buy your prints and get your stuff? Well, you can buy the prints on selkiestudio dot com. Um, I'm on Instagram as selkies with a little underscore afterwards, and. Uh, selkies with an underscore as well on Twitter but you don't want to see my opinions there I'm not nice (laughs) Louise Nicole thank you so much for joining us today thanks for having me Slán lads and until next time it's Slán from me I'll go Slán Wimshire thank you so much what a great episode thank you so much to Louise for joining us Motherfucker comes out every Friday in the Hesta Podcast Network. You can contact the show in the WhatsApp number in our show notes. Send us a message. We might even include it in an episode. Thanks, as always, to Brian for producing and to Kirsten Shield for the amazing artwork. And thanks to all the team at Headstuff for keeping the show alive. See you next week. Bye-bye. Slán. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Without Yahoo answers, how I know am I pregnant? Am I pregnant? Pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
The trick is just never log off.